Hi, my name's Sean Shaler. That person down there is my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter fame, and also book review fame. We got a little bit of a retweet from some person from some book publishing company from some book we reviewed one time. It's very official. It's a big deal. And welcome to Avatar The Last Podcasters. I already introduced us. What's that? It was a VP. The VP yeah. of the publishing place? It w- yeah, it was it was it was a VP. A v- well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it sounds better when you say the VP. He is the yeah. VP, the one and only. That is true. Uh, welcome to yeah, if the president died, they would take over the duties. Yeah, uh, this person would be the, the P, and then we would have a, a retweet or a tweet like from from the one and only. You know what I mean? Chris, uh, we've got an interesting topic today that I'm a little surprised that we haven't talked about before, or maybe maybe I'm not surprised. I'm surprised. Maybe you're not surprised. Is what if Iroh became the Fire Lord? I think that's a very exciting what if topic that I don't I haven't thought about it enough to know where I think it's going to end up. So I'm excited to walk down that path with you. But before we get to that, how how are you doing? How's your week? My week is great. I'm feeling good. Feeling great. Back, I'm back on my my uh, my normal positive. Hi, I don't know. I meditated today. Been doing that more. Uh, well, I say more than if I ever did it before. But part <laughs> of this training thing was like, here's some things you need to meditate. And I I realized that there's certain times where I like to meditate. And uh, like there's and and my in my work, there's this, just this room you can go to. It has a nice rousing chair. Just turn off the light. I should have took a nap. Nap. You, that does sound <laughs> dangerous nap. because you are a napper, right? So what you yeah. just described <laughs> is a perfect scenario for a work nap. Yeah, they and this was like at work. <laughs> not at my home. <laughs> no one even comes to these rooms really because one thing that's not that that many people in office. No one's like, hey, I need to use this room. Just here's a room you can just relax in, and yeah, I relax too hard in there. But <laughs> yeah, I think you're just too good uh, at sleeping for for a meditation uh, room. That's that, dangerous. That is true. That's I need to set an alarm. That's just warning you, man. I think, but it'll be yeah. okay. Uh, I'm back making at custom mattress figures. Really excited about a lot of them. There's one in particular. Who's who's a bronze tiger? It's a DC character. He's this black character who's really doesn't have like that. He's not a huge character. Probably honestly a D-list um, character. And but the thing is, he wasn't on my list of like customizations to do. I keep a long list. I keep a lot of lists of, of things. Do you uh, use free ideas. Google Sheets for your list? Because that's me and Heather's go-to place for shared lists of things. Uh, not sheets. I use another Google thing for it. Uh, maybe Google list or something. Huh. Uh, but then I don't know what, what triggered me to do that, but then I just saw him something. I was like, Oh, I should do it. Like, cause I think originally I thought he was more of a villain, but he's really not a villain. He's like one, he's like the best martial artist in the world. Well, second best martial artist in the world. Um, and like when I was creating him, like I don't like his old design. So I was redesigning it. And then it really reminded me of these two superheroes I created when I was a kid, and and they were named Lion Man and Wolfbane. And Lion Man had like a domino mask, but he also wore a cape. He was like a weapons expert. Had swords, had daggers, had bow staffs, nunchucks, everything. And then Wolfbane is just a 
Obviously, Wolverine, essentially. He has, like, gloves, claws. They're not, like, it's not superpowers. He has gloves that are claws. So this Bronze Tiger is like an amalgamation of of not only the past designs of, of Bronze Tiger, but my own two comic book characters that I created when I was, like, eight or nine. So I just felt like a kid again. So, uh, yeah, that was great. Been a great, pretty, pretty, pretty good week. I'm going somewhere with this, uh, but bear with me. It might take a second to get there. What do you? Is there a name for when somebody takes a screenshot of a tweet and then shares it as if it were a meme? Because if not, I'm just going to call it they memed a tweet. Is yes, that, I think just a meme. They memed a tweet, specifically. Uh, anyway, somebody today I saw memed a tweet that said, you can tell that Wolverine is a Canadian character made by an American because his superpower is healthcare. And that made me laugh yeah. pretty pretty hard. Uh, um, but anyway, uh, Chris, I got I've had a couple of crazy weeks here, and kind of a kind of a good, or at least exciting, or emotional emotionally exciting way. But then next week is my wife and my tenth anniversary, which is pretty exciting because uh, ten years is you know like a nice round number that people like. And so big plans for next weekend. So if it's not always obvious, which it usually is. We're definitely double recording tonight because I will not be in the mood or place to double record next week. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. If we sound more obviously double Father, rec- make a joke. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Knock yourself out. Uh, <laughs> I was. You'll appreciate this. Is that what we wanted to take off Friday uh, just to spend the day together? But since Thursday is our anniversary, if we take off Friday, I'm self conscious about like how that looks to. <laughs> Like what you need off Friday for? Well, you know, so we can like spend the day together in the house. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds bad. I, I'm I'm nervous about asking it off. So maybe I just won't tell anybody at work it's my anniversary. But anyway, like I said, if we're more obviously double recorded tonight than normal, that's why. Uh, very excited. It starts a run of like uh, anniversary, then Heather's birthday, then a small trip. Then my birthday, then Thanksgiving, then it's basically Christmas, then it's basically 2023. You know what I mean? It's pretty terrible. But, um, oh, also, my schedule's not busy. My schedule, I, I like it. My schedule is very busy and I don't care for it. But uh, also, KU football won last week, which was exciting and a rare enough occurrence that I feel the need to say it on this show. More of a basketball show. But listen, KU football doesn't win very often. It's very exciting to me. That's all. It was sure. It was a good week. It was a good week. Um, Chris, I also started watching. This is just a segue. Just forewarning you. I started watching House of Dragons or House of Dragon. House of That's, the Dragon. That is where I got the influence for this episode. Topic. I could so I could ahead. immediately tell when I started watching House of Dragon. Like you said this, you said this idea just today. I think. But like I just started House of Dragon yesterday, and as soon as he said, it, I was like, "That's why." Um, yeah, I like it fine. I don't like it anywhere near as much as the early seasons of Game of Thrones, but I like it well enough. We'll keep watching it. But that was really yeah. That was just my segue to a ask you what you thought of House of Dragon. How singular or plural? House of Dragons. It is House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon, singular. As if they are the. They are collectively the dragons. The royal we of dragons. Got it. Yes. Um, 
But to ask you what you were thinking of it, or if you're all the way done with it, I can't remember. And then as a segue am, into our topic. I'm loving it. I, I am like back into Game of Thrones now. Like it's a game after the finale, I would, my mind is completely stopped thinking of Game of Thrones. Well, and unless just to think about how bad the finale was to me. Um, and it might be different if I rewatched it. Like a lot of things are, you, you know, you, you can come and view things differently. With, uh, and it's okay if you watch I, things and your opinions about change. Like that's just like that's yeah. that's life. Yes, uh, but so like I really I wasn't excited for the show. I was like, well, yeah, they're going to make a show. Game of Thrones is like the biggest show of all time. Of course, they're going to make a spinoff and more spinoffs. So when it came out, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll watch it. And then I don't know what episode it was. I was like, I am into this now. It might have been episode two. Um, and uh, no, I'm I'm fully on board, fully into it, invested in uh, Renera Targaryen. Uh, I don't know what of her name. She's not the mother. Well, I guess she is a friend of a dragon. <laughs> they don't call her the mother of dragons. of dragons. Yeah, <laughs> colleague of dragons. Colleague. General observer. Um. Yeah, but no, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the like I I thought of this episode topic because of like I what if Iroh fought for like he had he has a birthright. He is the heir. Like and like the thing about Game of Thrones is like no one is just like well, some people in history sometimes abdicate the throne and stuff like that. But it it is just interesting to think if like what if Iroh fought for the throne? So my, my question isn't necessarily what if Iroh was the Fire Lord, which that we might get to that. It was just what if Iroh actually fought for the throne after the death of Fire Lord uh, Zulan. Zulan. Um, I, it's so funny to me because I don't like any of that part. <laughs> I don't really care for any of the politicking whatsoever, uh, but I'm generally tied to it because it has... Uh, the high fantasy setting, the dragons that I like, and I appreciate mm-hmm. that as high production value and good action. But what has kept me from liking this show a lot more in the early going is that there has not been a ton of action. But like, I'm still okay with it just on the promise of like forthcoming. Like, it's gonna happen. It's yeah. gonna get I action. I mean, yeah. And if you look at the first, to me, I think this is probably a stronger first four episodes than Game of Thrones. I would disagree uh, just i felt way more engaged in the first four of game of thrones whereas this because i i i felt less engaged because i'm trying to just play i'm trying to just try to figure out the world like like i had no idea what was happening and when i watched it the first time now <laughs> i would say this if i go back and rewatch it i could have a completely different opinion like i'm just saying because mm-hmm. now i know the world i know what's happening i know sorry being uh, Baratheon is, is the High King. His friend is Ned Stark. He is the Lord of Winterfell. He's pretty much the Warden of the North. There's his Targaryens over here. There's a Dorothraki over there. And stuff like... I just... As a person who didn't know, you're just kind of watching. You're like, oh wait, who are they? Who are they? So now if you watch it again, you have a better understanding. And now I'm watching House of the Dragon. I have a better understanding of the whole world in general. And I did when I first started Game of Thrones. What I like better about the OG over this and the early, early going, you know, like trying to comp like first four or five. I think I finished four episodes 
Um, so yeah. trying to comp roughly that is that we didn't, it doesn't feel like we dove immediately into the politics. I mean, it was pretty early, but not like immediate. Whereas this one, like yeah, it kicked no, off, right. it kicked off with politics right away. And I was like, well, that's yeah. the part I don't care about as much. Uh, but like I said, I'm still perfectly happy at sort of the promise of, of great production value action to come. Yeah. And the pacing, the pacing's a little faster mm-hmm. in House of the Dragon. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Because like, they're having all these time jumps and that. That'll slow down too, though, I think. It. Right. Like that was more yeah, of an early going. Yeah. They'll eventually jump like this years in the future. Like they got to re- they completely recast two roles. Uh, which is gonna be sad because like I really like one of the characters that they're gonna eventually recast, and hmm. you know the actress is doing a, a great job. Um, Interesting. But yeah, I'm so not that, aware. That part but... is harder to. Uh, yeah, if you just watch the trailers, you can use that together. Hmm. Um, that part's a little off, but then I think like so. This is based off of an, a book that George R. R. Martin wrote, and. Like there's, like they're not deviating from it, and if they wanted to like slow the pace, they would have to deviate from it and put stuff in there. But like, you know, not that much stuff happened between like this death and then this proposal or this wedding and this two years later. So makes enough sense. Uh, like I said, I'm excited for totally different reasons than you are, but yeah. excited. Uh, Real quick, have you been watching The Rings of Power? I did. I've watched. Let me think. I think I, there's I'm, four. Don't, ep- don't ruin too much. Yeah, th- don't ruin too much. I've only watched the first episode. I think there's four out, and I believe I've watched all four. I think they come out on Fridays, and I think I caught yes. up on Friday. And without Ooh. ruining too much, I will generally say that I had enough of my friend group who are sort of avid readers that were generically, I'm just going to say generically, kind of frustrated. But I, as a non-reader, generally familiar with the books that it's based off of, it's pulling from kind of different books in different places, familiar with what happens in those. Like, I'm not surprised, but not like uh, intimately familiar like my very avid reader friends are. They're a little frustrated. I'm not really at all frustrated. I'm rather pleased. So, uh, yeah, let me know when you get a few episodes in in a couple weeks, because I am pretty equally excited about both of those series at the moment. Right now, I'm pretty I'm like the first 30 minutes of the first episode. I'm just like, uh, this is going to be a chore to watch. And I find I have to read. I have to watch it in like probably two, maybe three sittings. So now I drop episode one. I'm like, you know, I think I'm on board. Like once we're done here, probably not. Cause it'll probably be both 30 or what. Episode oh, no, one, one. Um, episode one and two didn't like it's a it's a real slow burn at first, but then it I feel mm-hmm. like it turned a, a nice corner in the near future. Okay. Cool. All Personally. right, and you'll you'll be roughly in the same boat as me in terms of like the probably not reading. Uh, right the the books nothing. right the books will impact you, but I was gonna say <laughs> I at least have enough sort of familiarity that I was wondering. If that helped, like I have enough familiarity to know kind of the ideas that we're pulling from here, and that's a good thing, but not so much to be disappointed in deviations. Um, 
You moved your arm, and then I suddenly uh, couldn't hear you whatsoever. That's weird. Oh, there we go. Yeah, there's something just about what. What is that? That's weird. Uh, Can you hear me? I can. Stretch it. Okay. I guess it's just my muscles flexing. It just broke this. No, because then I could hear you fine that time. That was weird. Maybe it's just a coincidence. Mm. Not my muscles. Not your muscles, sorry, man. I mean, it could have been. I don't know. Um, yeah, let me know your thoughts on that next time. I'm curious to hear your, your feedback, and it's cool that both these shows came out at the same time. Yeah. Oh, we? and also, like, we're, we're living in a weird, like, uh, just peak of fantasy. Uh, have Which you watched great. Sandman? I love the Sandman. I, so I keep seeing stuff about it. I have zero idea what it is or what it's about. Do I need to watch it? I love it. I think it's one of the best. You said fantasy, shows. but you didn't say high fantasy, so I'm worried about the lack of it's dragons not, it's, involved. It's not, no, it's not high fantasy. Uh, I'm it's out. Not, <laughs> it's, it's, actually, it's actually based off a DC comic. Okay. Uh, called the Sandman, but like it, to me, it was so good. I went back and read the comics, and I do think they're better than the comics are, which helps because the writer, legendary writer Neil Gaiman, uh, who um, who wrote it also wrote the TV show. So he's able to like make improvements and stuff. The book was like a landmark book that came out in like 1988 or something like that. Um, really long time ago. What? Um, uh, you used to say that's an older character, an older DC character. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's still around. <clears throat> well, technically not. Um, but like, think. So, the world of Sandman is like there's this group of people called the Endless, and they're they're not necessarily gods, but they are the the manif- manifestation of certain uh, ideas. Like there is, so the Sandman is a dream. He is the god of dreams, the lord of dreams. So he's like when he can, he makes people's dreams and stuff and their nightmares. He is the manifestation of dreams. I don't really call him a god because gods exist in this universe, but gods are like things that people worship and stuff, and gods are like creations of, of people in this universe. And but they're they're real, but they're still beholden to people's beliefs. But like the endless are not. They are the manifestation of these things. So there's death, there is uh in, not even there's death there's desire there's um uh thing i can't think of all of them there's like seven of them they're the most powerful beings in the dc universe and it's weird because like i didn't know they were that connected to the dc universe but probably not because anytime dc wants to use them they have to get neil gaiman's permission to <laughs> use them that's why they're not like around all the time um, but it was a great series. The series doesn't really have any other DC influences in it. I mean, there's some Easter eggs stuff in there, um, but it's not the uh, book. That's itself, honestly probably a good more. thing. It probably is. Uh, it's a great show. I, w- I would, I highly recommend it. I loved it. I will consider. <laughs> the, first, the first episode is probably the, the hardest watch because the character himself doesn't say anything. Like oh. he, he says like a couple of things. Because he gets captured um, by these 
people and he's held captive for like years and years and he purposely won't say anything to them. I appreciate that note because it's good to at least hear like, all right, first episode, just get through it. And then that's good. Uh, Two questions. Whatever happened to the Legend of Zelda Netflix series? Is that still a thing? Holy crap. I don't know. I'm nervous about that as a thing. And then number two, we are in a weird time of fantasy, but not as weird as like when all of this stuff was first being announced. So like Lord of the Rings, House the House of House of the Dragon, I'm gonna get it right. Legend of Zelda. Some people like to say some people like to call it a hot D. <laughs> <which is> a... <laughs> um and then randomly a live action series of that very mediocre Val Kilmer movie, Willow. Like and I just remember thinking when all this stuff was being announced, I was like Come on, there. What are you gonna do with that? I, I, I don't know. What, yeah. Um. I also don't care for this thing where we're like taking good movies and turning them into sort of mini series. Like, can we just leave good movies? I can't think of the example. Is it pretty recent? But it's like a good movie that just being remade as a mini series, and I thought that was like the movie was good. Leave it alone. Yeah, no, it's hard to. Uh, anyway, it's just me complaining. Yeah, regardless, just me whining. Anyway, Chris, speaking of Game of Thrones and lots of tangents, let's talk about Iroh and what would happen if Ooh. he rightfully, rightfully stuck his claim to the throne. Yes, we're talking Game of Thrones Avatar style. So, <laughs> uh. <laughs> So the flashpoint here would be right. Everything uh, happens the same. This as shown in uh, the Zuko alone flashback. The flashback within Zuko alone, where Ozai uh, goes to Fire Lord Azulon after Iroh's death, after Lutun's death, and then Ozai goes to Fire Lord Azulon and says. Father, like revoke Iroh's birthright, like make me your heir. I have children, you know, make me your heir. And then he threatens to kill Fire Lord Zulan. Then says, pretty much tells him, you don't know who True Pain is. You know, why would I do that to my first son Iroh after he has lost his only son? I'm gonna make you feel the same pain, bitch. <laughs> oh, but just like now, I'm gonna have you go kill. Your firstborn Zuko, which Ozai was cool with it, like he didn't care. Um, and then Ursa and him plotted, and she ended up making a a, a poison kill Azulon. So that all still happens. So they still kill Azulon, and then the next day, because Iroh's probably still not in, he's probably still wouldn't be on the way to the Fire Nation. And so Azulon would still be, I'm sorry, Ozai would still be crowned Fire Lord, because that seemed to happen, it seemed to go like, one day, they get word that Iroh's son died, and Iroh has given up his his uh, siege on Bossing Say, probably about a week or so later, Ozai then tells Azulon, tries to uh, make himself the heir, and then like the next day, uh, they kill Azulon, and then he becomes Ozai. I mean, he becomes Ozai becomes Fire Lord. So in this manner, Ozai still crowned the Fire Lord, 
and he's the one that comes up with the line of like, um, oh, he his, you know, they say that like under Oz, under Zulan's wishes, his second son will be the Fire Lord, and so Ozai will still be crowned the Fire Lord because there's no time. Ara would, even though he would be on the way to the Fire Nation because that's home, I don't think he would necessarily. Um, be in time to stop the crowning of Fire Lord Ozai. Or do, do you think so? That's the flashpoint. If Iroh, Iroh will not just keep wandering the world, he would eventually go back home. Now, the question is do you think he will go back home immediately after his loss of Bossy and Say, or still travel the world and come back and then go after the throne? So I don't, I don't want to say that I would think he would do one or the other, but for some reason, what I expected you to say was just he came back from Bossing say and just had a claim to the throne that never got sort of disputed or Ozai's dispute yeah. got tossed aside. That's what I expected you to say. I didn't really consider the alternatives. That I mean, I don't think it would have happened that way, but like you know, I was a pretty introspective guy. Just lost his son. Uh. You know, what would have stopped him from doing that while uh, while What's-His-Name was still, like, healthy and alive? I can't think of his dad's yeah. name. I think I think for the sake of this thought experiment, he would have to go... Like, he can't, he can't spend, like, a year away. Like, you get a week at most. Yeah, you get a little, like, little uh, like once, bereavement once PTO. Yeah, like once Ozai's been Fire Lord for a year now, I was like, you can't just be like, nah, I want it back. I mean, maybe you could. Like, there's been stuff throughout history of people just, you know. But that point <laughs> is not necessarily like, that point is just the, uh, I have the might to take it, not necessarily the right. And right now, if Iroh goes straight to, he would have the right of it. <clears throat> I think, I think, yeah, let's say that he probably, let's, I think post travels, the world Ozai is a different Ozai that wouldn't, wouldn't want it. So I me, mean, Iroh, Iroh, yeah. Iroh, I'm sorry. I probably said Ozai mm-hmm. a few times before thinking about it. So I think it has no, to be soon enough that like Iroh isn't like a changed man. Like maybe he's metamorphosing mm, because okay. he just saw his son, but he's not like, developed not, okay. into the Iroh that we know today. He's still, like Iroh used to think like my 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 goal in life is my destiny is to be the Fire Lord. And at this point he probably still has that destiny. I think like we need goes. to capture that or or it's kind of a moot point if there's a dispute and yeah. Iroh's like, yeah, I don't want it and I don't have kids. Let Ozai have it. Right. So uh I think we have to go yeah. with the former. Okay, cool. So after the, his, the death of Lutin, he does stop and see Jabasi and Say, which is probably understandable. Like how much more you, I don't know how much it's probably it was a hundred when no, I was three hundred day siege or six so hundred day siege. Um, that was a trivia question. Uh, it was a six hundred day siege, and so I think at that point you're know, like, all right, we're not getting anywhere. So he goes home, and also he probably learns that his father has been killed. So he of course goes home because. To him, he is the he is the the rightful heir. He is the Fire Lord. So he goes there, and so what what happens when he gets to like the gates of Azulon? Like, uh, although I'm not sure if the gates of Azulon were there, they probably were at that point. Who knows? I don't know. 
I'm interested in that. Well, yeah. anyway, who, who, what happens if he gets to the border? Because Ozai has probably commended that, hey, like, if Iroh gets here, capture him. Because Iroh still has a huge claim to the throne. I think uh, that... I think, you go. I was going to say, I think... I don't I don't feel like the the their loyalty would overturn against Iroh so fast. Like in mm-hmm. everybody in the world's mind, Ozai is sort of the usurper at that point, right? It's just been yes. a week and and you know, I don't know how well communications are traveling around back then that maybe Iroh's not doing so good and the whole boss can say a thing, but I think there would be enough loyalty to Iroh that that wouldn't go over so good. I completely agree because one thing Iroh is a renowned general of the Fire Nation. Do people <laughs> like, even know that his son is dead at that point too? Like, do they have any reason that the common person, the common soldier, to doubt sort of his claim? Uh, I mean, if I if I had to guess, word probably got around mm-hmm. um, that. But to me, that doesn't just because Lieutenant died doesn't change Iroh's birthright. Not to mention, like, he's young enough at that I, point, like, just go remarry or whatever. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, as we see in, in House of the Dragon. Yeah, just go... Like, they're about the same... Hook up with your niece age. or whatever. That episode freaked me out. I no, wasn't a fan. Hook up, hook, up, hook up with your daughter's best... Wait, never mind. I don't want to spoil anything yeah. for anyone who hasn't watched House of the Dragon. Great point. Um... Um... <laughs> um yeah, so one thing I think Iroh would still have the loyalty and admiration of like, Iroh was like renowned even in other kingdoms. Like when yeah. the Earth Kingdom called him, they're like, "Oh, this is the Dragon of the West." Like you don't get the title of the Dragon stoked. of the West. He's infamous, Chris. He's infamous. Yeah. Uh, and so I think when he Ozai, comes back, I think he gets in whether Ozai likes it or not. I think he gets back into yeah. town at I think, least. I think there's like this tough scene where like all these soldiers are like, like there's like the prince is arriving or I, General Iroh is arriving, and then they all get there, and one person, one big like in command general is like, we're we're under orders of new interim Lord head Ozai coach to, Ozai, <laughs> yeah, to take to. To take you in, and then I will stare at him, and he'll be like, "But he is." And another guy would be like, "But he is no our fire lord." And then they like part ways. Ooh, ooh, what, no, 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 no. What if he was like, "But what are the fire lord's orders?" Ooh, oh yeah, that would oh, be yeah, yeah. So, so the way it goes, like we've been, uh, we're under orders of Ozai to capture you, when to to take you in, and then of course. You know, Iroh then says, but what, yeah, like you said, what are I the don't, words? And then, I don't and then love, he'll say, we'll, we'll wait your command. I don't love the implication that they already know that, like, Ozai is sort of publicly dissenting. I think it, I think that part, well, I think that part comes later. I think they're just like, we're under orders from such and such Ozai to not allow anyone into the palace at this time. But then what are the... But I don't like the implication that Ozai is, like, saying capture Iroh right now, like, the public dissent. I feel like that climax comes later. Oh, uh, okay. I get what you're saying. Okay. So, like, hmm. 
So they're just like, no, but we're not to allow anybody to or anybody who approaches the palace goes to jail. Okay, so you're saying he Ozai is more coy with his. It's not like an assault his, yet. Uh, like he's still back there feeling out if he's got support or loyalty to like fight something. Yeah. Okay. Um, ooh, um, that would Sorry, be people. also that would just be a really fun that'd be a really fun scene to throw out there um, yeah. it's like a tense moment and then Iroh's like obviously I'm gonna go inside <laughs> I'm very <laughs> yeah, sad and a little so hungry he... <laughs> ooh he <laughs> just to disrespect Ozai he doesn't go to the royal he doesn't go to the, fi- the, the palace first he first goes to his favorite tea shop like he makes he makes Ozai wait because o- he sees Ozai as such less of a threat that he gets tea first. Makes it probably it probably goes to like his wives. Actually, probably buries the son first. Ooh, wow! Yeah, it goes takes care. Of, ooh, wow, Chris, we just hit the deepest episode of the whole series right here. I know, right? Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, he's like, I gotta bury my son first, then I'll bury my brother. <laughs> okay, that's too that's too hard he's Iroh's still he'll probably still try to come at it a diplomatic yeah so. like, I feel like it's all diplomatic at this point still I don't feel yes. like there's yes. public uh, public violent animosity yet just like your regular yeah, like hey you got no kids and you screwed up there so I want to be king right I think we're still at that stage yeah. yes um yeah so Iroh handles his his affairs. Um, he, you know, he pays respects probably to his wife, who I'm assuming died. Although we never know anything about her, but I assume she died in, in some manner. Um, I don't know. Yeah, in some manner. And so he buries his son, and uh, and then although that would probably be a big ceremony because yeah, that would be a huge ceremony actually. Now I think about it. And actually, that would be such a huge ceremony that the Fire Lord would go to that ceremony, which would be Ozai in that point. Right? So, anyway, that doesn't really matter that much. But, you know, there'll be a funeral. And eventually, Iroh gets to the point where he's like, all right, I'm going to take the throne. So he goes to the Fire Lord's chambers. Fire Lord is sitting there, and then Fire Lord Ozai is sitting there. And then... Uh, Iroh pretty much tells him, like, hey, you've been relieved. Like, thank you for, thank you for stepping in while I had to, you know, uh, deal with such things. And I was dealing with a war. And then this is where it would get interesting because would, <laughs> I guess, Ozai would be measuring himself against Iroh. Like, this is Iroh at its peak. Like, does he think <clears throat> he can take him on one on one in the throne room? So I'm wondering where I think we'll have to not really skip ahead, but I think we need to establish when the diplomacy tips. Like we know there'd be tension for a certain amount of time, but when does the diplomacy hit its tipping point to like now Ozai has like his supporters and Iroh has his supporters and we're about to have uh, about to have a fight. Not that a fight is inevitable. Like you might take it a different direction, but I feel like that's our next our next like, I think it's, crux. Yes, I think it's right here in the throne room. Ozai has been in the search. He actually hired a Union archer to kill um, or to at least 
backtrack and and possibly kill uh, Ursa's like former boyfriend. And so I think he has the Union Archer support, or at least some really highly, at least like half of them. He only needs like all one higher up. Room. He only needs like one higher up Union Archer's support, right? Like the vice yeah. president of Union Archer's. Yeah. And then he'll probably make them, you know, make at least six other ones coming. So to me, they're all in the throne room with their arrows knocked and aimed at Iroh. And this is a point where Ozai is saying, like, you must kneel before your fire lord. And then Iroh takes a cup of tea, of course, <laughs> drinks a cup of tea. And then and then I think they I think he says no. Right. And then they fire Weapons at him, and then he does the breath of fire, the, Dragon. the dragon's fire, or breath of breath of fire. You know, I don't know if Dragon he names fire. it in the show like canonically. He just say says, "You want to know why they call me Dragon of the West?" And he does it. Yeah, so essentially that, that. he he does a he does a three sixty, and he blows all the flames to dust. And at that point, he probably knows he has to like escape. And then he probably uses some type of lightning bending or something to cause a distraction. And uh, and then that's when the Civil War essentially begins. But to me, it wouldn't be, would it be that big of a Civil War? Because to me, Iroh has the backing of like probably 80% of the military. Because Ozai, Ozai was not in the military. Ozai is like just a prince. And he's never really seen on the front lines of, of war and battle. And uh, Iroh was. Um, I was gonna say uh, this could be a fun hot take for a different a different day that could kind of spin off in its own. I think that like peak Iroh in like his emotionally charged state of rage and what he's coming back like, I feel like it wouldn't be out of the question for peak Iroh and a couple of guards to take out all of the adversarial Yuyan archers somehow with mm. maybe previously unseen lightning bending or something like something like that. Like that would sort of skip the civil war part and then get to like, what would, what would, uh, you know, what would his reign be like as fire Lord and would, would the war still wage on? I don't know if that's more or less interesting, but like, it would be kind of cool if I was just, Oh yeah, I found out how to lightning bend and then just, Ruins the whole room. <laughs> I don't know that yeah. I like that though, because it does skip over the civil war aspect. That maybe the civil war stops the big war, right? The internal war stops the big war from happening, and Iro becomes like a good fire lord or something. Yeah, I'm. Just, I'm just thinking about like, does when when Ozai to me Iro's forces will overwhelm Ozai to a certain extent. Does he give up and just like, are right, you win? Or will there ever get to a point where he uh, he uses Zuko as like a shield? <laughs> and Iroh has to like, you're like, I'll kill him. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I'll kill him. Listen, but I barely be- know that kid. Yeah. I'll straight up, <laughs> I, will, I will toast him. Um, uh, eh, probably not. I don't, I don't think Azula or... Zuko will probably come into play too much. They're like twelve at this point. Their bending is like nowhere near anything that Iroh and Ozai can do at that point. They would they would just be kind of collateral in the way. 
It but is kind of way, funny to think about uh, Ozai using Zuko as a human shield and wondering if that's uh, like a big turning point in Iroh and Zuko's relationship. As Iroh's got like, do I like this kid enough to not murder him right now for the throne? I don't. I still loved him. Like Iroh was still closer to him <clears throat> than Ozai was. Like you know, he sent him that nice sword, that dagger or knife. Um, he was still pretty close to him. Uh, anyway, so he doesn't kill story. Zuko. <laughs> Got it. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think at this point in the story, Iroh probably, you know, he overtakes Ozai's forces. He doesn't kill Ozai because Ozai will just wants to live to see another day. Sends Ozai yeah, to but... Dragonstone with his common whore. Just kidding. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Oh, that's where the air goes, which I didn't realize that. And uh, I listened to this podcast afterwards. And Dragonstone is like the castle wherever the heir of the crown goes to be. Like, when they're waiting in line, like, that's where they go. They don't stay at King's Landing. Oh. They go to Dragonstone. That's why Stannis Baratheon, when, Stannis Bar- when Robert Baratheon died, Stannis Baratheon went to go occupy... Um, Occupy Dragonstone because he's like I am the rightful heir, and that's why Damon. Never mind. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> topic. I didn't for realize that. Well, no. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but he probably just takes him. I think he he would have to put him in jail. Like that's a coup. Like essentially that you tried to pull a little off treasonous. And, yeah, agreed. Yeah. So uh, so now we enter a time of Fire Lord Iroh, like. Um, which I mean, he pulled out a boss thing to say to me. He's I think not the question fully... that the, the fork in the road is it's almost as like a second flashpoint of does Iroh, mm-hmm. does Iroh slowly sort of develop into the Iroh that we know today. And then obviously like probably organically puts an end to the war and all that stuff or has this all set Iroh on a different path where he doesn't become the Iroh we know today and the war kind of wages on and everything kind of proceeds ish as plan, uh, or as we know it, you know, uh, right. Do we get good Iroh eventually or is yeah. it just bad Iroh forever? I think we'll get good Iroh. Cause I think what set him on that path was Lieutenant's death. Um, you remember so Days we'll, of Future Path, and I forget how they describe it, but like when they're talking about changing the future, and like you throw a rock and it creates a ripple, but the stream corrects itself. Yeah, I always kind of liked that saying, and that's kind of where I'm going to take here. Is that like, yeah, it was a different path, but the same ends of good Iroh, and then maybe putting his own stop to the war without, you know. Yes. Yeah. So I think he would like slowly redraw troops. Um, he probably won't redraw occupation because that's you know you, you now go to the end of the Hundred Year War where like it was so difficult to re- to for Fire Lord for Fire Nation people to come out of those colonies because they've been ingrained in those colonies for hundreds of years. Well, you know, to me, you just force them to move like whatever. Like, but <laughs> but to them, it's like. I don't want to move. Uh, so now, you know, if we go to so that so that all takes place about three years before the start of the series, which means 
Katara's dad and mom. Well, Katara's mom still killed. She was about eight when when she was killed. So their mom still killed. Their dad's still off at war, but he probably comes back because the war probably. Ira probably puts like a slow, slow end to the war by the time the start of the series is. There's no more war. Retracting. Retracting, you know, ending ending a war probably is a somewhat slow process at that point in time, I would imagine. Yeah. It probably takes like a couple years to completely like end, uh, you know, uh, enemy occupation and stuff. Um, so yeah, so now we got Fire Lord Iroh in a not a peaceful world, but a war not a world not at war. Um, Katara and Sokka, their dad is probably home. Now, the question is like, do they still find Aang? Like they're kind of out there because they're. I mean, they're kind of out there just because they're out there. They're fishing. I I would argue they still find Aang, whether because the timing or the slow peelback of the stoppage of the war or, you know, like gradual development of Iroh into the Iroh we know today. Um, I would argue some combination of those things still leads to a relatively similar path of like, yeah, we uncover the avatar because they could have been out there at any kind of any point, just that maybe uh, Aang's path after being unfrozen would have been a little now, different. The interesting is Zuko's life changes. Uh, so Zuko doesn't get burnt by his dad. He still doesn't know what happened to his mother, unless Ozai gives that information up. Out of prison, like he gives it on like a dad son yeah. prison visit. Yeah. Although I think Ursa would no longer feel the threat of Ozai, and that's why she never came back. Because she, well, wait. No, her memories are wiped. She still wouldn't know. And Ozai wouldn't tell. So Zuko would still have that whole kind of endless life of not having the mother around. Um Yeah, so she wouldn't she wouldn't know. But uh, but at least Zuko wouldn't have been scarred from his father. I wonder would he resent Iroh? Or would he accept Iroh fully? Like, that's almost two sides also. Like, you got, you got your dad who's in jail and your 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 uncle who's now the Fire Lord who put him in jail. And Azula, you know Azula's just plotting. Like, Azula's trying to, like... Azula's dad's, like, stronger. biggest supporter. Yeah. She's, like, leading the next coup. Um, yeah. Exactly. I'm gonna... S- there again, I'm going to default to the idea that, like, Zuko's path is different, and it's more sans Iroh, and maybe his path even still somehow includes some kind of world travel, whether it's because of a new role, or or just because he's not, he like, the to... Prince of the Fire Nation. But then the, the, the thing that makes, like, the turning point... You know, if he still has a way of, like, developing a relationship with Iroh and realizing that Iroh is being a good Fire Lord, and then some of the climax is, like, Azula scheming sort of alongside Ozai, this this second attempt at a coup, and, and Zuko's big turning point is more about, like, teaming up with the Avatar and stopping this coup to protect Iroh because Iroh is the rightful and good Fire Lord, or something like that, where 
Zuko still gets yeah, the I majority mean, of his journey, even if it looks a little I different. Think, I think Iroh probably sees the necessity of the Avatar. He probably knows, like, he's probably believes that the Avatar is still out there. And so he sends Zuko on a journey to find the Avatar. And, like, because he, he also probably wants Zuko to travel the world. Because Iroh, Iroh's old. <laughs> he probably doesn't want to have any more kids. So he probably, Zuko's probably the heir to the That's throne. too bad, because I was thinking we could pick out, like, Iroh's next wife to try to get him an heir. Mm. <laughs> but I don't know any no, old Fire think... Nation ladies, so I don't know how far that thought experiment would go. Well, I don't think it would be an old lady. <laughs> when you're trying to find an heir, you try to get... That's true. The... I don't know many Fire Nation young ladies uh, of royal lineage. Uh, yeah. But, like, we don't have to go down that path. <laughs> uh, well, I, don't hey, know, I, don't I guess here's the question adult. is, is would Iroh try to remarry and have his own heir, or would he sort of work down the path internally of knowing it was always going to be Zuko? I don't think. I think he would just pass it on to Zuko. And he's probably plotting that from the beginning. He's planning on Zuko's yeah. transformation. Yeah, which is why he sends he don't want he doesn't want Zuko to fall into the same uh, national um, nationalism as he fell under. You know, so he it's probably cool. wants Zuko to travel the world, and so he probably sends Zuko on the quest to find the to travel the world and find the Avatar, so he can get to know the world, know the people of it, redeem the Fire Nation. Um, so yeah, so he, he, Zuko. Still be on this long, long quest. You know what's and then cool, one day though, he finally sees that light. Is uh, so if Zuko like never gets burned, um, and he's kind of missing that transformative part of his life. Um, so you know, part of it, it's like well, that changes his development a little bit. But the other part means that when Azula and Ozai approach him about like some kind of coup because he has Uncle's trust, that makes a pretty interesting little setup there of like. Like, hey, you know, we're your family, and we know Iroh's the rightful heir, but he has no children. Zuko, you should be the next heir, and you got to help me get Dad out of prison. And he never actually set your face on fire, uh, so maybe you still trust him a little bit. Uh, so that could be a pretty cool little climax, hmm. and still a way for him to well, like have to just choose between. That's, that's true. Zuko, uh, before he got his face burned, and even after, still thought his father loved him. Because even after, like, like, I want my, you know, there's a point in the series where Zuko's like, I want my country back. I want my 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 pride, my throne. I want my father's love <laughs> back. So at one point, he thought his father loved him. So when his father goes to prison, he probably still thinks that his father loves him. So he probably is a lot more conflicted than I'm giving him credit for. And just... Azula in Azula and Zuko and Ozai will probably be manipulating him because he's gullible into like placing they can't do a coup they can't they don't have the support enough for those two to overthrow the throne they got they have to assassinate Iroh and I think Azula Azula's like I'm not second in line she's like I'm not heir to the throne so she's definitely down for killing Iroh so I think they somehow this is not where I thought this was going to go. But sadly, I think it's where Ozai... Oh, crap. This is actually sad. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm going to go there. <laughs> it's too late. We're already down the emotional uh, train. Azula and Ozai has a, a, a plot that 
they will get I can't think of a team well too specific, but they would essentially trick Zuko into positioning Iroh into a point that it will either kill or incapacitate Iroh. Probably kill. That's a lot just character wise, that's a lot harder. And Zuko's psyche will break in half from that. And then and he Ozai has to totally will... redeem himself in his next part of his arc. In the next part of his yeah. arc. Yes. And he like has to travel the world and find the Avatar to, to try and defeat the Fire Lord. Because now Ozai's broken out. Iroh's dead. Azula has Iroh's dead. Ozai. Or he's just compromised yeah. or had to flee nah, or go. No, nope. I'm oh, gonna damn, kill Iroh. Chris. Damn. Because that's harder. That's a harder hit. And to me, that's the only way that Ozai can take the can take the throne fully is if Iroh's dead. Like I mean, it, I thought you know, they'd just they chase him away and then be like, We can't find him. <laughs> Guess no, I'm Fire me, Lord now. To me, they can't chase like i said oza and azula do not have the resources or the support to throw a coup with with because they don't have any support of the military they have a few yuyan archers probably maybe a few other people uh <clears throat> but they have to kill the only way that ozai gets back on the throne is if iroh is killed because ozai is the only other legitimate heir like he is the only strong power like they're not gonna let a fourteen year old be be Fire Lord. Like Ozai is the strongest one, and he's the biggest leader. He was previous Fire Lord. So I think yeah, they're they're gonna try and kill. They're going to kill Iroh, and they're going to trick Zuko into. It, it's it's similar to like how Simba, how how Scar tricked Simba into getting his father killed. It's kind of beautiful, actually. It's a very nice parallel. And then he goes away, and then he comes back after. If you want, if if you want, you want to be more poetic. Iroh could be there. I mean, uh, while Iroh's dying, uh, Ozai, like, I don't know, it's this over him as Zuko's looking on, like, like, oh, what have I done? And then. And then Ozai, you know, puts the finishing blow on him. But before he can, Zuko jumps in the way, and then Zuko gets scarred. If you just want him to have the scar, just for uh, the, I mean, the sake I'm, of. I know, I know people would probably want him to have the scar. I'm personally kind of indifferent to the symbol. Uh, I'll just have him burn him anyway, just so it's it, another just mark. Just for fun. Shame. Yeah, just, just scorch that face. Um, so uh so so now so maybe Iroh doesn't maybe Iroh didn't initially like tell Zuko hey you gotta travel or maybe he's maybe no, I like this, this better Iroh I like told... this better. He didn't initially tell Zuko to do that, but Zuko isn't in prison, he's developing this relationship with Iroh. And now Zuko does I love the Lion King parallel, actually. I think it's a great fit. Zuko runs off yeah. either finds on accident or kind of runs into the Avatar, or somehow that stumble is sort of an organic coincidence. Well, I still think, 
I still think <clears throat> Iroh probably still tells them stories of the Avatar. Because Iroh, sure, Iroh wasn't like, hey, I need you to go travel the world, find the Avatar. But it's like, when the Avatar was around, like, like just in the trainings that Iroh did for Zuko, right? Like, even in the trainings he did in the show, he talked about how how being, how taking knowledge of all the four nations is what, make, what makes the Avatar strong and make you stronger. And that's probably what's in Zuko's head of, like, I have to find the Avatar. But that's the only person that can defeat the Fire Lord, defeat my dad. And so he instinct he now has this idea not necessarily from he wasn't directed from Iroh to find the avatar but he gets the idea himself um so then you still so then the, the war starts back up yeah the war starts back up just when they thought it was finishing and uh yeah he so he probably eventually comes to the south pole and he has to win over uh, Katara and them because because they still, they still are experiencing and, the war. Yes, and their mother was killed by Fire Nation, and so they still are very untrustworthy of them. But Ang is probably pretty trustworthy, and they probably still travel the world. So Team Avatar starts. Zuko joins Team Avatar. I think earlier than uh, <laughs> than he did before. It's pretty much like Episode I don't know three that he joins Team Avatar. Uh, it probably takes a little tiding over if, again, if Aang, you know, thaws out and then they have to go find out that, like, oh, crap, all the airbenders are dead. And Zuko's like, yeah, that's or, the thing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's probably still know. some trust building episodes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Uh, and then they, let's see, from that point, so the goal of Team Avatar was to go to the uh, for Aang to learn all three elements. So he'll go to... In order uh, to... Now he's got Zuko's first. help earlier, but the, the goal yeah, is still now, the same. I gotta learn these elements to yeah. fight Ozai. But now Zuko's not chasing them. And instead... Do you think Iroh... Well, Ozai is gonna start learning that the Avatar's alive. So he's going to want to send someone out there. So Zhao still goes out there. Yeah, I think Zhao's still Zhao. And that's maybe kind of our primary present villain. Yeah. And then they probably end up... I'm, I'm not trying to skip over things, but they probably... Yeah, well, and we're up, at 58 uh, minutes, so we'll skip over something at some point. Oh, gosh. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> but no, I... They probably I could, end up where, with end of book one, where they're at... Uh, you know, Aang is they pretty much everything happens, but but Zuko's on Team Avatar. It's it's and a then, shorter and it's not quite as dynamic like to have Zuko not be the present villain and have Xiao be the present villain. That's a little less interesting. But maybe mm-hmm. Zu maybe Azula gets involved sooner. Zuko's on Team Avatar sooner, but a lot of the similar ish events still transpire. But maybe in a smaller timeline, a, a slightly more compact timeline. Yeah. And then when it comes to season two, I feel like season two happens like almost exactly how it does. Like Zuko's not even the villain of season two. Azula is, and all of that probably happens fairly similar to how it does. The very maybe end probably episodes to- probably change because he already has a relationship with Team Avatar, but uh, yes, everything yeah, that leads he, up to oh, that yeah, is probably. Sorry. 
yes, the end of it changes completely. He probably does not, unless there's some way that Azula can be like. You would be the fire word when father dies, Zuko. I think yeah, at this point, like, Zuko, yeah, yeah. Zuko's enlightened he, he sooner. Yes, but but yeah, I'd be willing to accept like that Azula still gets off like a cheap crack shot at, at Aang and everybody thinks he's dead or something. I would still be okay with saying that that could happen somehow, yeah. even without Zuko's flaky, flaky behavior. Yeah. Uh, and then season three... Um, Ooh, you know the biggest difference is that Iroh being dead doesn't get the War of the White Lotus together. Uh, so Zula probably still takes Ooh, over. But what if what if that's like one of Iroh's secret secret teachings in his little relationship build with Zuko before Zuko leaves and Ooh. Iroh dies? Like, I think maybe Zuko gets to be some White Lotus responsible. And then they run into Piandao or somebody uh, I, like that. I mean, well, so Zuko was already... Ooh, that's interesting. Zuko probably doesn't know that Piandao is part of the White Lotus. But Piandao probably Piandau, knows that Zuko. But Piandao trained Zuko. Like, Piandao and Zuko are... are uh, you know, they know of each other. Zuko, Zuko gets the squad to Piandao... In the first does, place, like, listen, Sokka's he, worthless, like, and we gotta... <laughs> but the question is, like, does... Like, does Zuko trust Piandao? Like, Piandao is a high-ranking... You know what, he would. Yeah, they're, I think so he would, because... They're playing Pasho or something, and Zuko does something, and he's like... Zuko makes some kind of play where Piandao's like... Do you know White Lotus play? And and then Zuko just repeats something that Iroh used to repeat to him all the time, but he didn't really yeah, know the, the meaning. The secret, he just repeats this thing that Iroh said. Oh, yeah, the secret code. You know, like we talked about with Yang Chen. Like, Yang Chen wasn't a member. But, but this is to- almost <laughs> the opposite. Like, Zuko's just monkey repeating the code, and he doesn't Ooh, even realize yeah. what he's doing. And Pian Dao's yeah. like, yeah, you're in. And he's like, in what? <laughs> Pian Dao's like, the, the gate is always open to those who knock. And he's like, what? What? I didn't do oh, anything, okay, and then <laughs> I think I think that's kind of a cool that's kind of a cool thing. Like he's just repeating this thing that Iroh taught him, or like just said out loud a whole bunch, and then he just said it like nonchalantly, and then it came in handy and like led to part of this turnaround. Yeah. So the White Lotus still gets together because one thing, Boomy is still there, um, uh, Paku is still there. There's and still also, some trust think- issues, sure. Uh, they, and they probably still run into John John because Iro uh, Zuko's a fugitive. John John's a fugitive. I think, of course, they'll uh, cross cross paths at some point. Um, and when it comes to the liberation of Boston, say I don't think Iro was like absolutely needed for them to retake Boston and say. Um, I think he was needed for it. Um, but then you get to the. You know, the finale, Aang probably still fights Fire Lord and, and the Earth Kingdom. Azula versus um, Zuko for the crown. And 
and Zuko sort of has to reclaim his birthright uh, or his his airness that Iroh gave him. Well, and now technically, once Ozai passes away, now he does like now technically it is his birthright. Like Iroh gave it to him, but then once he disposes of Ozai, it would still kind of be his anyway. Yes. Yes. Uh, so maybe the show ends up like kind of right where it was, but Iroh is chilled. I think this time around, does Ozai even does does after because Aang's not gonna kill Ozai, but after Ozai's in jail and his bending taken away, does Zuko even let him keep living? I guess is the biggest question. Yeah, but he probably I mean, will because then so. Ozai because then Ozai would be like, "Don't you know what happened to your mother?" And then yeah, and then. It will eventually just still let him live because he still needs to find out what happened to his mother. I think the end plays out relatively similar, and I think that what we've cobbled together would have been a pretty passable. Like, I think I appreciate the real interpretation of what happened better in terms of Zuko's full yeah, journey well, and yeah. Iroh's full journey. But I think that what we cobbled together would have still made like a very entertaining story arc. Yeah, especially when you once it's funny, like when we're kind of brainstorming these ideas, like I don't know where they're going. I don't know. I think they ended it somewhat. uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I think we ended in a like, like, I had no idea about the, no thought about the Lion King um, similarities. No, but that worked out beautifully. uh, Yeah, no, I like that aspect of it. So anyway, that's pretty much the story. Iroh's killed by the end of it if he tried. So. (laughs) <laughs> so like I feel like the right thing for Iroh if he wanted to like make everything right would have been to take the throne and try and stop the war early but he probably would have ended up like we just gone through being killed before that um I don't uh I think I think things are a little more concise in our way as well. I think things happen a little faster and more things get thrown out, which may be another negative, yeah. but, um, yeah, but I mean, overall, there's just less the, conflict throughout. So, yeah. There's, yeah. there's fewer transformations within the time frame of the show to like have a show about. So that's probably a negative, but big picture, it still feels like a legitimate, a legitimate proposal. Yeah. Um, look, Chris, Final thoughts. Uh, sorry, I had to kill Iroh. That's the final. Had thought. to kill. That's messed up, man. That made this a failure. You killed Iroh. <laughs> Not the story, I mean, Chris. I, you did it. I, I have a video idea that I know will probably be my most unpopular video, and it's just like, like let's be real about Iroh. Like, <laughs> you're gonna kill. I'm just Iroh going in over video. like all the. Gonna more so like character assassinate him, and it'll gather most dislikes. Uh, it would, I, but I probably won't do it. Uh... I don't. I don't make videos anymore. So <laughs> I say that as if I've decided not to make videos anymore. But I still the itch. Uh, it's just it's just harder to do videos. Yeah, life's busy. But uh, well, Chris, thanks for taking us on this thought experiment, even if it meant that you killed Iro. <laughs> Sorry. That's messed up. Um, but thanks for taking us on this love thought experiment journey. And that's it. That's all we got. 
My name's Sean Taylor. That guy down there is my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter and novel review fame. We are Avatar mm. The Last Podcasters. I'll put all the... I'm going to get a job at Abrams Books now. Well, no, you can can't, because then you're probably. biased. You have to remain external to Abrams Books. I'm sorry, man. That's not how it works. What if they offer me double my salary and I could work from home just here? Just to review their books from the inside. No, not to review. I do no other like business things, Sean. Like, oh, that I, I was like, Chris, I, how's this gonna work? It's like, so you know, on magazine <laughs> covers or movie covers, where it's like Times Magazine says it's great. On the front of the Abrams books covers, it'd be like Chris Ford of Abrams says this is all right. <laughs> yeah, Abrams says we liked it. <laughs> anyway, I'll I mean, put- like. I mean, like analysis and business yeah, things yeah, that's and marketing, the, the stuff that's my actual job. That sounds more logical, actually, yeah. But anyway, I'll put the contact details down in the description, just like always. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you next time. It's so quiet, I feel like I gotta say something so people think that it's real and it wasn't just like an accident. Like, no, this is real Chris doing his real thing.